0: From the time Monica became sick and I became her caretaker to her death, I questioned who I was many times, but after her death and in my grief, I had no identity. My purpose had been wrapped up in our health quest and her music ministry. It shifted to caretaker while she was sick and then to someone who had no purpose. What made it worse was that there was no way to go back to the old me. Because I was forever changed. Today and next episode, I'll share the three pivotal moments that molded me into who I was to become. And then we'll talk about how you can use similar moments in your life to start thinking about rebuilding. Hey, friend, welcome to the Grief to Great Day podcast. Do you feel like you're going crazy? Is the shower the only place for you to really cry? Are you surrounded by people? but you still feel all alone? Do you want to be the you you were before your loved one died, but you have no idea how to get there? I'm Steph Cabinus, Southern by choice, wife, turtle triathlete, Jesus follower, and fellow traveler in the journey of grief. I too struggled to breathe, questioned God and my faith, and thought I would never be happy again. But God took my brokenness and he turned it into a breakthrough. So if you're ready to understand how to navigate grief, lean into your faith, and take just one step towards healing, then bring your ugly cry, get into a comfortable place, even if that's your bed right now, and let the healing begin. Girl, there's hope for your future. Come on in the house and get to that couch. First of all, I want to thank you so much for showing up to the podcast for taking steps towards your healing. You know, we hit a milestone of over a thousand downloads and starting not even two months ago. So that means you guys have family, remember that term, in over 15 different countries. The pain of grief isn't unique to us in the US because loss is big and loss is hard, and you're not alone in feeling that. And if you'll stick around to the end of the podcast, there's going to be a special gift that I want to give you because I want to thank you for being a part of those downloads, for being a part of this podcast, and most importantly, for being a part of this family. All right, let's get into this week's episode. So who are you right now? As you sit there and you hear the question, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? Who were you before your loved one died? And are the two different? If you don't know exactly who you are now, that's normal and that's grief. And you might feel like a part of you died with them, so it makes sense that your identity has taken a hit. From the time Monica became sick and I became her caretaker until her death, I questioned who I was many times. But after her death and in my grief, I no longer had a clue My purpose had been wrapped up in our health quest and in her music ministry. I felt there was something I was supposed to do. I had always felt that there was something I was supposed to be doing, something bigger. And after many years searching, I settled on being a part of Monica's ministry. When we went to the different churches, people would be left in tears from her testimony through her songs. They would come up to her and thank her and share some of their struggles. Seeing how God touched something in all those people was as meaningful as anything I had ever been a part of. So I thought that her ministry was the thing I had searched for. Her ministry even continued while she was bedridden. Monica's oncologist and nurse practitioner and our friend who was Monica's massage therapist played and sold her CDs in their individual offices. And we heard more stories of how people were impacted. My focus shifted to caretaker while she was sick. And for six months, that was the most important and the hardest job I've ever done. It was 24-7 and I was exhausted, but equally honored because I knew I was doing exactly what I was supposed to. After she died, I felt dumped and discarded. So dumped by Monica, actually I was just mad at her for dying and discarded by God because I no longer had a purpose or what it felt like to me, I no longer had importance. I lost my best friend and roommate of 17 years, my business and ministry partner, my sister, my surrogate mom and greatest supporter. I lost everything that made sense. The business, the ministry, taking care of her, the fact that she died, believing she was healed. I lost the direction that she provided for my life for almost 20 years. I felt like I had lost everything. It was, or maybe more accurately, I was a hot mess. What made it worse was that there was no way to go back to the old me because her life, her illness, And mostly, her death changed me. And the changes were so profound that going back to the old me was just not possible. Today and next week, I'm going to share three pivotal moments that molded me into who I was to become. And we'll talk about how you can use similar moments in your life to begin planting seeds for your future. I don't know if you knew who you were before your loved one died, but if you didn't, that's okay. And if you did, That might help you, or that might not be where you need to go back to. If you'll look at the grief illustration, and I'm hoping you downloaded the grief illustration from our website, grieftogreatday.com, but if you haven't, go check it out, download it. We've touched on the physical effects of grief, and in the last episode, how grief makes you feel like you're going crazy. So as we move into the pain of grief, I want to begin with a statement that most people say or think or both. And that is, I want my life back. That was one of my favorite statements, but the problem with this statement is you can't go back. If you remember, we talked about your journey and you being on the road with the mountain far in front of you and the swamp behind you with the alligators. Well, the swamp, it represents somewhere you can't go. It represents the past is so hard to come to terms with and if you aren't there yet that is okay. I really struggled with it and I got stuck on that phrase. I said it to myself and to God all the time knowing that I couldn't have my life back. I think it was more of a way for me to rebel against my new reality. Who I was prior to meeting Monica was different than who I was while she was alive and who I became after her death was a Far cry from both of the previous versions. Now, yes, we should inevitably change over time, but the hardest moments of our life will take us there quicker. And as long as we come through better and not bitter, those moments creating us a depth and an appreciation, we can't get any other way. All right, there were the three pivotal moments in time that showed me who I was on the inside. I'm going to share them. And then, like I said, I'm going to give you some actions to take towards who you will become. If it's too early for you to take action, it's okay. Just listen and we'll let the information be a seed planted in good soil. And the good soil, that's you. All right. The first one was when I was Monica's caretaker. Caretaking is a mentally and physically taxing job. With what I think, The biggest rewards are coming in heaven. I felt it was an honor to take care of Monica in her last days and months, but it wore me out. I was really scared that I wasn't going to be strong enough to continue, and I prayed for strength almost hourly. Before that time, I really hadn't seen myself as a strong person. A survivor, yes, but not a strong person. But after, I had proof that I was. And I became so much more dependent on God because of that. He gave me the physical strength I needed to take care of Monica. And this was a piece of the puzzle of my new identity. So dependence on God equals strength. What I want you to do is to think about the fact that you're here. You're listening to this podcast, which tells me that you are fighting for your healing. And you had to go through so much by losing the one you love, didn't you? Whether you were a caretaker, or you had to process their death without notice. Maybe you were able to hold their hand, or you had to say goodbye over FaceTime. Did you have to go to the funeral home and discuss the details of a funeral and pick out a casket or a box for cremation? Did you have to sit there and have these seemingly casual discussions with the funeral director while on the inside you were screaming? Did you have to sit on the front row at the funeral with all eyes on you or maybe you couldn't gather because of the pandemic so no one was able to come. Right now, you wake up every morning and you get out of bed, hopefully most mornings, (laughs) and maybe you went back to work or you're having to go back to work. You have all these things to do with the million thoughts running through your head as you undertake every task. And you do this with the physical effects of grief compounding the weariness. Do you have to pray minute by minute or hour by hour? Girl, these things are proof of how strong you are. So I need you to start seeing yourself as a strong, faith-filled woman. It doesn't really matter if that's how you feel right now. I'm just trying to help you grow those seeds. It will also help you immensely to move your thoughts and your focus from I want my life back to God. Give me the desire to build a new life. And you don't even have to pray, God, give me a new life or help, help me be happy in a new life. Just pray for the desire to build one. Y'all, it took me at least a year before I shifted the focus of my inner dialogue from fighting my new reality to giving control over to God. I guess another term would be surrender. Surrender i'm going to read you an excerpt from my journal i kept when i was going through my grief process one year after i cannot believe it's been a whole year the greatest blessing of my life has turned into my deepest sorrow starting the day i fed the birds no birds have come but i fed them and it was fine that's kind of incredible a year ago i couldn't look at bird seed. a year ago i was bawling to look at the feeders And this year, I did it without a single tear. Gosh, sometimes I think I'm psycho. Then a couple days later, I feel sick for a couple days, lightheaded, nauseous, exhausted. Then the third day, I called out because I could not muster enough whatever to go. That's the day I'm overwhelmed with emotion again. This pain has become a constant humbler. It doesn't allow me to become pious or high-minded or allow me to feel like I know it all. It keeps me from feeling I have all the answers or are in control of anything, really. I knew I was supposed to have a health ministry or be a part of Monica's ministry, and now I know nothing. Yet in this knowing of nothing, I might know more than I ever have. My heart has been broken open, and now I feel everything. I don't have sympathy for people. I now have empathy, and more importantly, I have love. I now feel I do more than just exist in this world. God has opened my heart, and while there's still sorrow, love and desire for his plan are poured in. And maybe, just maybe one day, only love will remain. We'll end on that excerpt today and. I know some of it wasn't quite <laughs> quite right grammatically, but I wrote it in the moment and I read it just like I wrote it. But next week, we'll talk about the two next pivotal moments and how you can use similar moments in your life to begin planting the seeds for your future. Or maybe you're not ready to start thinking about that. Either way, I want you to know that Grief to Great Day is here to help you understand the grief process wherever you are in it help you really lean into your faith and process daily life with grief. But it's also about your purpose after loss, which we'll address more and more as we go along. There will always be a place for you here. And over time, I hope that you're going to help me help those that come after you. The verse for the week is 2 Peter three. Everything we could ever need for life and complete devotion to God has already been deposited in us by His divine power. For all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing Him who has called us by name and invited us to come to Him through a glorious manifestation of His goodness. Like Oswald Chambers said, all of God's people are ordinary people who have been made extraordinary by the purpose He has given them. Your journey works or the work of your journey Are two things this week. Number one, get into a quiet place. Think over how much you have overcome and write some of the biggest things you came through that you don't know how you did it. It'll show you where God came in and did what you couldn't. I want you to revisit this often because you have to remind yourself of your strength and you have to remind yourself of where that strength came from. Number two, and this is what you've been waiting for (laughs) as a huge thank you, huge, huge thank you for coming to the house, for being a part of the beginning 1000 downloads of this podcast and mostly for showing up for your healing. I want to give you a free ebook of dying to be healed. I've talked about Monica a lot. There was a couple episodes that I talked about Her story through dying to be healed. But I want to gift the first 10 people who email me an ebook. So you have to go to the email. The email address is in the show notes below, or it is grief, the number two, great day at gmail.com and type in one thing you had to overcome in your grief process. So email me, type in one thing that you had to overcome or you are trying to overcome now in your grief process. And the first 10 that do that, get a free dying to be healed book so that you can really read and understand Monica's story and her faith journey, because it will inspire you through your circumstances. Now keep on coming back to the house, keep sitting on the couch and keep taking those steps. However small towards your healing. Thank you for being here today, for showing up. If this podcast has given you hope, encouragement, or helped you in any way, share it with a friend, either in a text or on your social platforms. Also, please subscribe, rate, and leave a written review on iTunes. It's a huge blessing for me to know that you're out there. Lastly, and this is important, you are not alone. Connect with me on the Grief to Great Day website, the link is below, and sign up for our free newsletters. I wanna be able to pray for you by name. Remember, grief isn't something you're gonna get over, but a great day is something you can get to.